And oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to episode 316 of The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Bad Bit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, this week we are talking about how Spider-Man 2 PS5 release window has been leaked by Venom. Horizon's DLC pre-orders are live, but the gameplay trailer isn't. And no, Redfall isn't coming to PlayStation. Please stop asking. And of course, we're talking about the Diablo 4 open beta impressions. All that and more this week on The Trophy Room. But with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson is not here today. Uh, this is two weeks in a row. Where's Kyle? Did the disease from last week take him this week? No, he is alive. He is well. And I want to first congratulate him and the 6-1 Indie crew on the 6-1 Indie, Indie Mini Indie Showcase. Go watch it. It was, it's incredible. It puts everything I've ever done to, sh- every, anyone ever, just to shame. Watch it. It is incredible. Uh, that said, he is currently at PAX East. So everybody, wish Kyle Stevenson a, a good trip. You know, wish him well. He's on several little panels. He's 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 doing little panel spots. Look at him grow. You love to see it. I know I do. That said, along with us today, this week, number one Xbox fanboy, Miles Napier. How are you, sir? <laughs> number one Xbox fanboy? That's, That's how right. you're going to introduce me on your playstation show? that's right i just want people's guards to be up immediately um i want people to question why do i keep bringing xbox people into the show i want people to be upset well, at you, you know? well and i was here i was about to give you and your co-host a compliment but i'm taking it back okay all right i'm here begrudgingly yep. i'm here because i have to be Fair. because i'm forced by law and that's the only reason i show up to a playstation <laughs> podcast okay yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, because listen, the number one question this this week comes from Captain Logan, who writes, how does it feel to have two Xbox hosts on your show and not call it the Achievement Hall? Funny enough, here uh, an answer to this question, Captain Logan, who was the guest last week, um, is I just bring my friends, <laughs> people that I know <laughs> I can vibe with when Kyle's not away, or sorry, when Kyle's away, I'm like... Who's a person that I know I can conversate well with and have a good hour and change with? And so immediately that puts out like Luke Lore's out of the question. Get him out of here. Oh, yeah. You want to have a good time for an hour? Yeah. Exactly. Scratch that name off the list. Oh, God. He's the worst. And I'm like, but I really want to talk about Diablo for open beta. And I'm like, I know two mm-hmm. people that comes to mind. Now, Ains, Ains goes to sleep at 5 o'clock in, in the afternoon. <laughs> he's got, of course, after his porridge... Uh. His gruel, he likes. He, he calls it gruel. Uh, he's like Joe. After my 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 late evening gruel, <laughs> I like to go to sleep. I'm like, fair enough, Ains. So I'm like, who better yet to talk about Diablo Four than Miles Napier of Xbox Chatterdays? You know, I, I'm stoked to be here. I'm just imagining uh, someone tuning in for the very first time who's like, who is this mean guy making fun of all of these people? 
What is going? What is this show? It's my shtick, you know. It's just who I, I am. I know, and I love you. I'm excited to be here. And yes, Diablo Four, baby. We're just yeah. a few months away. We got beta one this past weekend. Beta number two coming up. I can finally be the druid and necromancer. Let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm 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 fighting between right now. Do I stick with the rogue or do I go necromancer? But only time will tell. And the next beta as well. Uh, as well. That said, the real question this week to start off the show comes from Katie, who writes in, just like you can too if you join our Discord server. They write, so in honor of Miles being on the show, let's get oh. interesting, okay? It's okay. election time. Ooh-wee. The president of the world is between PlayStation and Xbox. Well, guess what? We're all doomed. What characters are you nominating to run, and who do you think has the best chance of coming out on top. All right. Here's a PlayStation and Xbox are running for president of the world and they're nominating mascots to represent them. Yeah. Yeah. Democracy's on the line. You know, Uh, Marcus Phoenix, obviously for, for president Marcus Phoenix on the Xbox side. He's strong. He's relatable to the American public. I can have a beer with Marcus. He's he's a veteran, so he knows, you know, true. That's the, true. the perils of war. And, you know, you want a strong, confident person in, in that leadership seat. Um, wow. Who's his vice president, though? Wow, oh, yeah, that's... that's that's an important pick. Blinks the cat, you'd think? Yeah, I'm thinking probably Blinks yeah. um, or, or hear me out. All right, let's um, go Frank West. Frank, Frank West, West for VP. See, I would... <laughs> Yeah, Frank West has been in some. He's been been through it, man. He's a journalist. He knows the human condition. All right. He spent his entire life documenting humanity. True. The perils of being a human in in treacherous situations. So he knows how to navigate disasters, Mm. pandemics. You know, Mm. we're just on the other side of a pandemic here, you know? That's true. Who better to navigate those waters than Frank West? Wow. That was better than any of my picks that I had on the PlayStation side. I'm just going to be honest. You know, because like a part of me is like, you can't have Kratos. I mean, like, because Kratos is like, you know, I'm not. If this is God of. I don't know if I want the God of War. Yeah, but he's learned so much. He's learned so much. I mean, yeah, yeah. And let's be honest. if If we need like. I've always been pro invade, you know, Canada for their bacon supply. So I, was, I think like he could get the job done, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you need someone to come in and, and rule yeah. through force, I think that's yeah. a good pick. I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm still going great. I said, who's the VP? Who's the VP? Let me see. Let me take a look. Let me take a gander. Take a Daniel Forti- Fortescue. For- <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Daniel Fortescue because he doesn't talk, you know, he's just a disheveled yeah, he- skeleton. Just not in agreement. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. That said, um, I want to just thank everybody for the awesome kind words that I saw. So many people throw out our way into other creators' ways last week as it was our little call to action at the end of the show. So I want to thank you all for doing that. And I want to, you know, before we, I didn't want to make it a news piece because I felt like just by saying a news piece, there's something inhuman about it. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. So to me, I, I want to get out into the forefront here. Um, the, you know, the news late last week that 
Lance Riddick, the voice actor of Destiny Zavala, um, and Silence from Horizon, uh, sadly passed away at the age of 60. Man, what? Yeah, a... that, was, that was a rough piece of news, because yeah. you just saw him doing interviews, making the rounds, being mm-hmm. lively. Man, less than a week, like a few days before the announcement mm-hmm. of him. And it sounds like he just kind of sad. And I don't I'm not saying this to be callous. It sounds like he just dropped dead. Like, yeah, there's no like there's nothing to indicate any sort of like foul play or any sort of like substance abuse or anything like that. It seems mm-hmm. like it was just a weird situation and he's gone and it's it's a huge bummer. And you've seen so many people share like memories and and anecdotes and the dude just loved what he did and that yeah. that resonated and that was so obvious like even in stuff like resident evil which people panned that show so hard and you would see him come out online and, and kind of like talk about it and joke yeah. about the situation and like you could tell even like doing that show late in his career that he was having an absolute blast playing those characters and yeah. so there's a reason he's so beloved and that's such a huge bummer that he's He's gone and just yeah. kind of out of nowhere. It's also beautiful to see communities gather together and remember him or celebrate his life. Like seeing people, you know, uh, in destiny walk up and just like kneel or, or sit before him and just like have a little like gathering or remembrance of him. That's been really beautiful to kind of see, mm-hmm. you know, to see people take you know photo modes and screenshots of him in in horizon and share it out there yeah like to echo what you said the man loved the craft and he was never afraid to just get loose get a little crazy or be something menacing like he was always comfortable in any role he took on and to just see fans celebrate his life and mourn him is is beautiful to see. So, you know, much love and respect to the Riddick family who's going through it at this point in time. Um, and hopefully there's some comfort in knowing that you're not going through that alone. So yeah, again, there's a, there's a beautiful interview making the rounds and somebody asked what his favorite word is that his wife hates. Love this. And one, it's yes. su- if you haven't seen it, just search for that Lance Reddick favorite word. And it's Lance Reddick and he's laughing to himself and he's like, a word that I love that my wife hates is titty. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, and he's like, I'm a goofball. And it's, it, that's true. Lance Reddick yeah. is a huge goofball. And that's why everyone loved him. Cause he was just, like you said, loved what he did and had a good time doing it. And that just resonated in everything that he did. So yeah, um, all the best wishes to his family and, um, you know, anyone else friends that are affected by that. Cause it's, it's a huge loss and it's, yeah. it's, it's a huge bummer. That said, let's get into a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, the page, I'm sorry, the store is up. Kyle worked really hard on those shirts. Go support us. It means a lot. Um, Also, the 6-1 Indie mini showcase. I repeat, this thing was, and I don't like to use this word. You know I hate to use this word. Don't do it. Don't (sighs) drop the B word. I think we're going to have to. It was a banger of a show. It It was, what, 46 minutes, 33 Indies, and they shadow all drops, looked, baby. Sh- they had shadow drops even. Yeah, son. I know. Let me tell you, Miles. It was it was a damn good show. And just to see what a handful of just passionate gamers could do to elevate indies is just amazing to see. So go watch that. Again, link there in the description. I think it should be. Uh, and last but not least, our Resident Evil 4 remake giveaway 
is upon us. It is here. It is getting nines, tens, 9.5s, perfect scores even. And uh, very, very much so because it is phenomenal. But our winner is, drumroll please, with a Spotify review, Spamming, Bamming. Thank you, sir, for supporting us the way you do. And uh, again, this is the other you know benefit of being a patron gets you extra entries into the uh, the giveaway. So, congratulations, sir! Congratulations. Now you go. Oh man, well, darn it! I didn't win. I did all those nice things. Thank you. Honestly, this is always the part that's hard for me because like. I have to pick, and everybody was being so nice. I'd like to give all the copies away, but I can't. You want to be the video game Oprah? Just look under your chair. Exactly. You get a video game. You get a video game. You get to be Leon. You get to be Leon. Everybody gets to be Leon, and and it can't. But it's okay because listen, once you've given us a review, you're in my little Excel sheet, and now every giveaway we do from here on out, you're entered in. And oh, speaking of, uh, you know, I, I love a good Star War, right, Miles? I've heard. Word on the streets is you do enjoy a good Star Wars. Oh, I love it so much. And that's why our next Apple review slash Spotify giveaway will be that of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Because, ooh-wee, I saw that trailer in Miles. I'm a believer. Like I was ever we got about Cal, it. Cal stepping up to zaddy level with the beard know. now, you know? I know. He tossed the poncho. Now, you know what? I dig it. Yeah, all right, let's get it, boy. All right, so now before we get into all the news, it's time for our Patreon pitch. Of course, the reason why we look so good, sound so great, is because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. I want to thank our newest members, Somnia at the Gold Tier. I want to thank our premium producers, Todd Burowitz and Toxic. I want to thank our platinum producers, Brad Presnell, Brent Gillian, Jedi Master Ren, Cowboy Danger D, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Green Gorilla Gamer, Chaotic Monkey, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Ryuko Kill 90, Sith Lord 92, Steve of Flesh, and Struples and Bits. I want to thank our gold members, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Bertos Maximus, Baldrin, Doth Simon the Pie Man. Daniel Welsh, DJ 89, Elo 2032, Jesse Garcia, JB the Purple Monkey, Hide Indoors, Nakajaka, Katie, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Kevin Ainsworth, K Grimm, Lamb Chop 93, Marcus O'Neill, Androsasaur, Astronaut Junior, not to be mistaken with Astronaut Senior, Eric Arrington, Dewane Raksha, The Aztec King, Robbie Bobby Miller himself, Brenton Zachary, Brenty Blob, Bubble Boy N7, Captain Logan, Final Fan XZ, Fan, oh, sorry, Hambone, JD Dillinger, M9 Prime, Stone Cold ET Tino Six Speed, M Kyle H85, N Johnson, Sean McKenzie, Matt Pugh, Pew, 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 The Red Arrow, and of course, Spam and Bamman. Thank you all for keeping the lights on, the show running, and let me tell you something, all this Patreon money goes right back into a new PC because this one is about to kick some bolts. It's on the way out. That's who I want to run for president, Ratchet and Clank. Are you kidding me? They're adventurers. They've been around. They've shake hands. They've kissed babies. They know what it's like to be on the, the lowest of the low, to reach the high heights, and it's not getting to them one bit. Uh, I got to say, you know, there's been a lot of 
conversation yeah. surrounding AI, and I'm a little uncomfortable with the robot running for president. Okay. Well, that's going to say it. And here's the thing: that's that's the beautiful thing because, like, when you have someone like Ratchet, he comes from a, a factory. That's blue collar. That's as blue collar as it gets. <laughs> And he's been able to escape. He knows. He's greasy. He's dirty. He knows what it takes oh, to rise above. Whoa. Greasy, dirty robots. Come on. <laughs> I don't like to lump any sentient being into a group, Miles. That's just not been the type of guy I've, I've been about. You know? You're maybe painting on, me into a corner here. <laughs> maybe on that chatter days, but here in the trophy room, <laughs> let me tell you something. AI scares us, and we're going to tell you why in a few. That said, it is time to square up the news. Now, this week is a little different. I'm going to oh. read one story. Miles is going to read the next. Oh. I'm going to read the other one. You know, we're going to... It's going to be nice. Yeah, let's mix it up. It's going to be nice. All right. Here as it goes, okay? First story on the list. Alleged Marvel Spider-Man 2 release date leaked by actor Tony Todd. This comes from Rebecca Smith over at PlayStation Lifestyle. Venom voice actor Tony Todd seemingly leaked the Marvel Spider-Man 2 release date. So far, all that Insomniac Games has confirmed is that their game will release in the fall, but Todd has narrowed it down to a specific month, as well as revealed a big publicity drive due to start the month prior. Now, Spider-Man 2 will release, apparently, in Todd's words, in September 2023. He then goes to say that there will be a lot more information, mass publicity and commercials starting in August, this does fit with the official fall release window, but then it's also worth bearing that in mind, neither Insomniac Games nor Sony has announced anything more specific. Now he's quoted by saying on Twitter, looks like September, massively publicity coming in August, commercials stop dro dropping in August, so I'm told, hold on to your dot, 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 breath. It's going to be necessary. Todd has previously teased Spider-Man 2 news that didn't materialize. He's also confirmed that the game would be quite intense and action-packed, but bearing in mind we've seen only an announced trailer so far, this one is a little harder to prove. Ooh, we spam and bam and writes in the winner of our giveaway. All right, so send all your hate mail to spam and bam and note, congratulate them. All right, with heavy hitters like Star Wars Jedi, Final Fantasy 16, Legend of Zelda, Redfall, Diablo 4, and more emptying our bank accounts in April, May, and June, September for Spider-Man 2 seems like a great month to launch. Let's not forget, the first game launched in September in 2018 as well. Now, do you guys think that this rumor might turn out to be fact or fiction, or do you guys think it will be ready for launch? in 2023 miles dampierre um i want to know what your thoughts are on todd coming out here saying a whole bunch of stuff about spider-man and then going <laughs> ignore me i'm dumb i don't please and he's like it's the weirdest picture he's like in a in a jacuzzi <laughs> Just yeah, like there's the creepy video up. of him online like in a jacuzzi saying like i'm just an idiot don't yeah. mind me it's it's jet lag. Uh, so in this case, this feels like another situation where uh, an actor related to the to the project did, did a big old oopsie. It's yeah. not quite on the same level as Norman Reedus casually announcing Death Stranding 2. Uh, it's not quite on that level. This game was previously announced and, you know, targeting 2023. Um, 
Tony Todd is a selling point of this game. So I think he's probably in the loop when it comes to their marketing plans. I imagine they're going to use him to do it, make the rounds for interviews. So he could yeah. be in the loop for some of this. When he talks about the big marketing push in August, maybe that's the current plan to build yeah. up that, that cycle for a September release. And we know they're targeting this year, and that seems like a good window. Again, in this day and age, release dates are pretty much ethereal until we're about <laughs> six months out. Yeah. And we're about six months out. Yeah. So... Timing suggests that this could, you know, have some truth, especially considering his follow-up tweets are after somebody called him and said, "Dude, what the hell are you doing?" <laughs> the PR guy that Why told him all these things. <laughs> like, dude, dude you, you got me in so much trouble. Get off Twitter right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Retract. Yeah, Retract all the things. Um, yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're right here. I I think this is once again an actor, not understanding how weird uh the video game industry is when it comes to how so like secretive we are right for almost mm -hmm. no apparent reason um and i think this is probably them telling them hey listen so here's a vague timeline of when we're going to need you to promo this thing right when we're going to need you to go on our mo the marketing beats for us I think it's 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 a little bit of that and the fact that he's probably really excited about Spider-Man. So it could be him just joshing everybody because at the same exact time he said he said something along the lines of we are going to get something in the next couple of days and then that was just pulled. That that was like back in December of last year. So he's he said some things prior that don't really come to fruition either. But yeah, I mean, September fits the fall strategy, but Kevin Ainsworth writes in, if Starfield and Spider-Man 2 release on the same day, which one are you choosing to play? Kevin Ainsworth pitting the Xbox host against PlayStation host. How typical. Kevin, are you trying to stir the console war pot? Are you? What are you trying to do? You and your little cauldron. What? Huh? What what are you hoping to get out of this? Okay. Yeah. Um Why this is tough. I've I'm way more amped for Redfall, so let me just start there. Okay. Um I'm excited for Starfield because it's a new Bethesda IP, but I'm also excited because Venom's in Spider-Man 2. Yeah, so boy. I'm a little torn. I okay. thanks to the beauty of Xbox Game Pass, oh, I can look you know at you. You know me, babe. I can I can do both. All right. I don't have to buy game smiles. I don't have to. I don't have to choose. All right. And where's my check, Xbox? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. I. For me, I'm actually right there with you. I'm way more excited for Redfall than I am Starfield. Way more. It's like so. That would be a harder pick. Redfall and Spider Man Two. I, I'll probably beat Spider-Man 2 before I beat Starfield. Sure. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer because Starfield has to prove more to me. It's not because I'm a PlayStation fan and it's not a whatever. I, I understand their pedigree and I know that they're great and all that jazz, but the game needs, needs to show me more other than a couple of, you know, action sequences that was very reminiscent of Fallout. Nonetheless... Sorry, backhanded compliment out of the way. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Eh. Uh, so for me, it's Spider-Man easily. Let's just say if they both came out the same day. It, it's it's easy Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's my favorite IP. So it's like, or one of my favorite IPs next to Star Wars. So it's like, it's not even a competition. 
it's it's Spider-Man. That said, though, let's pit let's pick Council Wars just for, just for a second. Okay, <laughs> let's upset Twitter for just a sec, because I, I you know people are like, what's gonna sell more? What's gonna what's gonna do better, Starfield or or, or Spider-Man? Um, so I say to you, sir, let's change up that question just a tad bit. What you know? I asked this a, a few weeks ago, actually, I, ironically, to Kyle. And Kyle's like, uh, I think Starfield. No, he goes, I think Spider-Man moves. Let's just say, theoretically, Starfield and Spider-Man are on the same day. What what IP moves? Does Spider-Man move or does Starfield move? Or let's take an even more ethereal question or answer. Do neither of them move because it really doesn't matter because they're two separate, totally different games. I would say, based on the current situation of the Starfield release day is, date is out. If Spider-Man was targeting that date, um, I'm a big advocate of I don't care how big you, you, your game thinks it is. Mm-hmm. If you are if you ignore the rest of the landscape, you're setting yourself up for failure in, in one way or another. So regardless of where you prefer to play, it's undeniable that Starfield will be an absolutely gigantic game. Sure. Look at the launch of Skyrim, Skyrim, Fallout 4. Those were games that had huge moments. The marketing buzz akin to stuff like Elden Ring, where everybody you know is talking about that game and playing that game. Spider-Man will absolutely be a gigantic game. But if I'm PlayStation, I'm not putting it out the same day as Starfield. Yeah. And if it was the opposite way, if Spider-Man 2 had a release date, I would not be like, well, we chose September 6th and we're sticking to it. Gosh darn it. Because why? A week or two is not going to make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. So be aware. That's what I say to these big publishers is be aware. Otherwise, you know, there's no guarantee how someone's going to spend their time and money. Yeah. Like, what if a game comes out and somebody wasn't expecting to play it, gets sucked in, and then, oops, now I don't even buy Spider-Man at launch because I just surprisingly got sucked into Starfield and wasn't expecting that. Sure. So that's where I'm at. All right. Don't release them on the same day. All right. Don't. I don't want there to be a situation. And... If it, that does come, if that happens, that's a fumble on somebody's part, either PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. Whoever's not willing to curb their pride for the reality <laughs> of the market. Okay. Yeah. I, so to me, I think now that Starfield's date is it's there, it's set hopefully in stone. I don't think Microsoft can move it. Right. So play thinking a little bit, getting my head out of my own ass from, from a few weeks ago's answer. I was just like, Starfield moves. I still believe that. I think Starfield moves. <laughs> I think Phil Spencer and, and the Xbox team definitely want this to have its moment and for it to solidify its, you know, yeah, its moment in, in the industry. And I think that's why they announced the date because they're just like every other game right here. Uh, beware. This is where this game's going to gonna come out. Right. So I think Spider-Man knows that. I think Insomniac knows that. So I think you're right. Uh, I do think maybe giving Spider-Man a little bit more room, like a week or two, like late September, maybe even early October, like on my birthday, um, have it oh. somewhere around. Uh, or, or sorry, I was thinking Miles Morales comes out in October. Nonetheless, having it come out somewhere around my birthday gives them more games the chance to go, okay, where do we fit in between Starfield and Spider-Man? Where do we fit in between Spider-Man and like Call of Duty? Like where can we put our AAA game? So I think the earlier Insomniac announces the better for kind of everyone involved. But I, I do think we're going to get that. 
I, I do think they're they're going to be somewhat separate, like by by a few weeks or so. That said, Todd Oxer writes in now that Spider Man Two has been leaked by the Candyman himself. Does this push PlayStation to move their showcase, or are they going to play dumb and wait for a closer June slash E3 Game Fest at timing? They are definitely going to wait till I think the end of May to release anything. Showcase. Yeah, I could see them definitely doing like getting a jump on like the June window and doing like last week of May to like Mm -hmm. kick everything off and have their moment isolated where they have a full week of marketing buzz to really lean into it. But I don't think they're going to be like, oh, damn, he he said the release date. We got to somehow get this entire showcase produced faster than we expected. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. No, I I, so like to me, I, I do think there is a beauty of just. You know, kind of like the Bethesda Fallout 76 or Fallout 4 announcements where it's just like, hey, and the game is out in three, four months. And then you start the marketing for that game. So I don't think you need to give, you know, people all the time in the world to get ready to save up the 70. It's Spider-Man. People are going to drop that cash on this IP. Um, so I think you could go give them the, the, the date. Then shortly after, hype this game up for you know that august september around there you know get the gameplay out into the open so people can finally see what this game looks like and then yeah drop it in hopefully late september maybe early october hopefully but who knows maybe hopefully. it's a maybe it's a ragnarok sitch right you, we get we get it announced early june and it's out in november and give insomniac the most time that they need to to get that thing out so. Exactly. We could get another situation where they do a trailer and just say 2023 again because they don't yeah. really know exactly the date. And that's yeah. as frustrating as it is for like a fan perspective. That's kind of the reality of uh, release dates now is we're not going to get them until like three months out because yeah. people don't want to deal with that delay backlash. They want to make sure this thing is ready. And I yeah. think more so having it come out a little bit earlier before the E3 and game, you know, fast celebrations, you're giving the other studios time to drop their dates as well. Cause you know, there's already like so many, you know, marketing mock-ups of just dates for certain games that maybe should be coming out, you know, sometime in the fall. And they're just waiting for games like Starfield and games like Spider-Man to drop their dates so that they can, again, plan accordingly. Just simple as that. I, I do wonder if behind the scenes, there, people from these publishers call each other and say, dog, you don't have to give me the date, but, you know, I'm looking at these windows. Is that a good idea? Can mm-hmm. you, yes, or yay, nay? Because I, again, everyone, nobody wants to have their Marco. biggest game like of the year compete yeah. with somebody else's biggest game. It just doesn't make sense financially because if two people were going to buy both those games, the chances of people buying both those games on the same day is significantly yeah. reduced because yeah. games are 70 bucks a pop now. Nobody wants to spend 140 bucks in a single day on, on video games. It's just, it's not that realistic. So people are going to pick and choose. So I hope people are aware and I hope I mean, this year's already stacked enough. So yeah. just give us at least a couple weeks to scrounge up some money. All right. <laughs> I just love. I just love someone on on the phone going, Marco, Polo, or like warm, warmer, like September thirtieth, September sixth. Oh no, warm, no, no, October second, no, no, no. hot, piping hot. hot exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, we're gonna shoot for October fourteenth, and they say, hey, 
cold. Cold as ice, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet there's like some like akin to like hot, cold. Where are you? Where are you here for like certain partners for sure? But I, I don't think like they hand out the firm dates. I think it's just like, hey, in between these weeks, you might want to watch out for something. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, exactly. As much as we want these brands to come out strong and confident and say. Starfields this day, I don't care what else is coming out. Like that's right. It's not. That's not good for business. All right. But you I don't know care who you think you are. You, you know what's never coming out, Miles? What? The new arcane game. Uh, I don't even know what it's what? called. It's like it looks so stupid. It's like vampires or whatever. I don't even care. Oh yeah, I forgot. You're a little jaded because guess what? Story number two. Arcane has confirmed that Redfall was originally in development for PS5. This comes from Tom Ivan of VGC. So Arcane has said that Redfall was originally in developed for PS5 as well as Xbox Series X and S and PC. While perhaps unsurprising, Arcane Austin studio director Harvey Smith has now confirmed that plans for a PlayStation release were canceled after Microsoft acquired Bethesda's parent company, ZeniMax Media. This is a quote. We were acquired by Microsoft and it was a change with, a, with capital C. He told IGN France via Google Translate, they came in and they said, no PlayStation 5. We're focusing on Xbox, PC, and Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Development of Redfall has started. De development of Redfall had started a year prior to the $7.5 billion acquisition. Quote, it's not very serious. It's even a good decision, I think, Smith said, of dropping the PS5 version. It helps support Game Pass and have one less platform to worry about, one less complexity. He added, Game Pass has a ton of players. It could become our biggest game thanks to 30 million, where I can't remember the exact number of subscribers. Okay. So, Miles, first question for you, sir. All right. Number one Xbox fanboy. Um, do you think this man immediately regretted that quote when he said it? You know what? <sighs> like, did you I think the PR person not. was just like, oh, God, oh, shit. I hope not. We need no. to have these honest conversations about the business side of of game development. Yeah. And we all knew this was re the reality, regardless of how you wanted to feel about it. We all knew that Bethesda, who was a massive multi-platform publisher, they're working on a multiplayer game and PlayStation had the largest market share at the time that they started development. So why wouldn't they be targeting a PlayStation version of the game? Yeah. So it, that makes sense. And then for Xbox to come in and say, all right, you don't have to worry about that version anymore. It's not like that version was completely done and they're just like, well, it's a Batgirl situation where it's completely tightened up, polished, ready to go. It's never seen the light of day. No, they're like, all right, you can save two, you can save a year of time because you don't have yeah. to finish this one. And so that's kind of the reality of that. And again, if there was a PlayStation Five version, maybe that's release date would be even further out. So true. I don't think he regrets it. I hope hope not. And I'm glad that we are having this conversation finally, ripping yeah. the bandaid off and talking about. The PlayStation version of Redfall, which at this point isn't coming. No. It's it's not. And that's a bummer for some people, but sure. that's also the reality. So what a like trophies. Guys, hey, get, some, get some chivis, bro. Get those chivis. They don't they don't they they don't <laughs> pack the five. Ooh, five little five little chivo points. Ooh, a little picture of a little silver trophy that I can look at on my screen. Exactly. It's so they much They both better. mean nothing. They both mean nothing. Oh, but. but one shiny and I could put it on an NFT shelf. You know? <laughs> you ever think about that? Hmm? Where am I putting right. the sack of chivo points? Not on Why an NFT shelf. Why can't I cash shelf? out my gamer score for cryptocurrency, baby? Exactly. Where's my little monkey with like shades and a, you know, a blunt? Where's that guy? <laughs> 
You know? Where's my Master Chief board ape? Yeah. Huh? Gosh dang. No, like, I, I like what he said. We need to start having these open and honest conversations. And I think it also needs to have, A, I think this is a growing pain we as an industry need to go through because people don't understand how things work in the industry. Um, and we like to speak in like generalities a lot, uh, when we really don't know what really goes into making a video game. And oftentimes devs are so sheepish about telling you all the process because, you know, you'll get the, 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 the sneaking through or squeezing through the, the, the cave cre uh, crevice loading screen thing where like people, once you, once you tell people that's a loading screen, they're now going to point it out in every preview of final fantasy 16 from here on out, which we'll talk about later. But like you get those annoying comments and you get that type of hatred. And even sometimes like disbelief, like you're lying to them of why this game you know, maybe delayed or why this game looks a certain way or whatever the case is. Um, so we need to start having these, these conversations, but I would also add while, while disproving the bad actors, right? The, the people that are going to show two frames of a game that looks almost identical and tell you one has better resolution than the others. Like those type of people on social media, make the conversation toxic and we need to do a better job fighting that back. Right. That said though, you know, I did see some people going, okay, from one hand, Phil Spencer's like, I want to bring more games to, to more gamers. Well, here was an opportunity to bring this game to more gamers, but he didn't. I would say I, I can understand that criticism. It's very general, but this is an IP that was, not ever shown to be a PlayStation exclusive. This is something that was totally their call to make and they made it because yes, exclusives are and do matter. Just like with Starfield, just like with Elder Scrolls, like those games, I would expect them to be on Xbox going forward. But at the same exact time, I expect Fallout 76. I expect, you know, ESO, the games that are, you know, or do have those fan bases attached to them to stay on PlayStation, but we can't ask the competition to compete. Then them go, okay, we're going to compete by buying out this publisher. And now we have this catalog and go, whoa, 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 whoa but don't take them away from me. Like we either want them to compete with us or don't. So it's, what do we want here? You know, exactly. And that's again, like I am of the mindset that I want to live in the gamer utopia where every game is playable on every console, Same. every device, regardless. I don't care. Like earning a trophy in Halo miles. Yeah. For, exclusivity for me as a customer, that means nothing. Exclusivity is inherently designed to make a marketing beat and a business beat for the corporation. Not for yep. you. Like there are in, like what I hope to get out of an exclusive is a investment. That means the game is better. Because obviously they are going to pay to make sure it doesn't go other places. So they're probably going to pay to make sure it's a great game. So people want to play it. Yep. And then two, if that means that the, you know, the game gets more time and people are treated better to create it and we get a better product, then that's the positive of an exclusive. That's, that's sure. the way we can look at an exclusive in a positive light. Otherwise, the only reason exclusives exist are so somebody forces you to sign up for a subscription service or buy a console. That's yep. it. 
If you try to spin it as anything else, that's just not the reality of it. And again, I know PlayStation and Xbox are just trying to make money off me, and that's fine yep. as long as we are honest with ourselves about how this relationship works. Yeah. And so exclusivity, when we look at Redfall not coming to PlayStation, and you talked about this, Yes, it is about having exclusive, compelling content that gets people invested in that ecosystem. PlayStation have built a legacy out of it. Nintendo have built a legacy out of it. So if you're someone who's like, well, Xbox can't, then I don't. I mean, there's the blueprints there, so they're going to follow it. And they're trying to be, you know, more inclusive. And that's why they're talking about Game Pass. They're talking Mm -hmm. about streaming on your TV, streaming on your computer. So it's not necessarily that you have to buy dedicated hardware anymore. You just need to get on board with their ecosystem. And at the, in this day and age, if you can't get on board with an ecosystem like that, that's so many places, then I, I don't know. I don't know what you want outside of them to just give you a game for free where you are. And and that's just not how a company's going to make money. Yeah, it's, it's the uncomfortable truth about this whole thing is at the end of the day, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, all of them, it's about m- making a buck out of you or getting a buck yeah, out of you. That's, and, that's what it's about. And, you know, for me... I have the uncomfortable tr- truth, just like you, just like, listen, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I've seen Xbox buy two major publishers, right? I really loved them acquiring, you know, people like Ninja Theory or Obsidian, because those are studios that we know have so much talent, right? So, like, it's the I'm uncomfortably okay with them going out there, buying a privately owned company and going, okay, so we're going to try to be diplomatic about this. We're going to try to you know, respect the communities and go by case by case, but this game never had a community. So they really never had to think about it. It was, it was just a, a, yeah, we could put this on our ecosystem and hopefully people will join it. And look, I mean, I'm going to be playing Redfall day one. I think the game looks sweet. I think the game looks really cool, you know, and their hope is that it sucks me into their ecosystem and I go make an Xbox podcast called the achievement hall. Now I doubt that's going to happen, but who knows? You know, maybe I'll fall exactly. in love with the Xbox UI. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not <laughs> sitting here expecting Spider Man to come to Xbox. Like, yep. I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not looking to say Marvel is a huge property. You would sell more copies on Xbox because Spider Man is one of the biggest properties in the world. And yes, if it was just about selling raw copies, you would sell more copies of Spider Man. Let's not pretend like this is a niche of any kind. Right. If you put Spider Man everywhere, everyone would buy Spider Man. It is that simple. It is simple yeah. math. But PlayStation as like a brand and when they look at the the strength and exclusivity and what it means for their market share, if they say, well, you have to buy a PlayStation to play it, um, they'll get a bigger net. If someone buys a console and a game and a subscription service, than just just the game. So that's what it's about. Yeah. Now, them dollars, yo. It's all about them dollars. It's all about hooking you into ecosystems. It's the way of the beast. And to kind of add to this. Oh. Uh, just a little mini story and you get to, I, I put a timestamp just for Jose Jimenez so they get to skip if they don't want to hear it. Okay. The story about Call of Duty's 10 year deal. Okay. Oh. With PlayStation, them fighting back apparently against the evil CMA or whatever. I don't know. This is a quote from Xbox regarding COD's 10 year deal with potentially PlayStation, but the ones that they've made with pretty much everybody else. Uh, Microsoft is quoted by saying Microsoft considers that the period of 10 years is sufficient for Sony as a leading publisher of a console platform to develop alternatives to Call of Duty, says Microsoft, providing evidence to the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, in the UK uh, 
according to VGC. Now, I go to you, Miles. This is a this is a a question I've been asking folks um, who are outside the trophy room. I want to know what you think as an Xbox creator. What do you want to see or what do you think we're going to see from PlayStation? What their next move is going to be after the COD deal goes through? Because theoretically, they're going to lose the next Diablo. Theoretically, they could lose Call of Duty 10 years out. Who knows? The next Fallout, Elder Scrolls, etc. All of a sudden, there is a huge pit in that portfolio of games that PlayStation no longer has. So, as a creator yourself, what do you see PlayStation going and doing? What What is their next move, do you think? Yeah, we talk about competing and we talk about competition. And there are different ways to compete. Yeah. 10 years is a long time. A lot Super can change in 10 years. Let's. I, I'm an I'll Xbox be 41. Fan. Holy shit. But that scares me. I'll be a middle-aged, overweight man. Oh, God. Oh, baby. <sighs> Let's go. I'm, I'm here for it. So 10 years, a lot can change. Halo lost so much. Is this room getting smaller, span. Miles? <laughs> Is it just me? Are you okay? Are you doing all right, champ? I don't know. <laughs> I'd be 42 in 10 years. It's okay, you know. Age is only a age is only a number, it's just brother. A number. It's just a number. It's just, it's just a, a number. But a lot can change in ten years. So, like my hairline. You no know, PlayStation is working on games as a service titles. They're working on expanding into multiplayer, and they need recurring revenue. Again, it's boring. It's boring to talk about yeah. that. And we want the single player only bangers, whatever. Blah blah. blah, blah like blah, the blah, reality blah. is, like if you want to do those, cool, great. We need those. Those those are important to the industry. But if you are trying to continually invest in new games that take mm-hmm. five six years, you need money in that five six year period, and you can't just wait five or six years to to get that return on investment. So, yeah. Last of Us Factions is going to be a great example. They have Bungie in the mix. Bungie is going to be working on a new IP. I want to see them just say, all right, you know what, Call of Duty, whatever. That's that's. That's over there. Let's say in 10 years, we don't have it. And we'll ride out these next 10 years. We'll use that money and we will make our own first person, shoot, our own premier first person shooter. Sure. And it's it's easy to say like, oh, well, you can just compete and make it. It's not that easy. Let, let, let's look at Pokemon. Let's look at Zelda. There are franchises where there are other games in the genre that are objectively better or objectively as good that don't do anywhere near the numbers because of brand notoriety playstation knows that more than anyone all right they they understand the weight of brands and brand power and that is why they are so fixated on call of duty because call of duty right now that's their recurring revenue stream baby that's free money they're the market leading platform for call of duty so every single year they get a kickback and they just get this 30% 30% cut of PlayStation sales for Call of Duty. Mm, mm, and then they can use that money to invest. I don't like in their... the sound effect you just did. I don't... Mm, oh, no, no. They, they can use that to yeah. you know, invest in their first party games and use yeah. that to make their single player. I know you love this word bangers. No, God damn it. And um, they're afraid to lose that. And that's yeah. just the reality. Yeah. Any, any other shift or any other messaging is not the reality of the situation. But. 10 years gives them time to get something else out the door, but there's no guarantee. Maybe they spend five, six years and they're like, yeah, we're going to have this first person shooter. That's going to be an ongoing game games as a service. And then it hits and it's a big dud. It's just a big stinky dud. And they're like, Oh my God, that means in four years we have nothing to fill the call of duty gap. And so that's what they're worried about. And that's why they're fighting as much as possible to close that. But 
I want to see PlayStation just actually compete when it comes to delivering content because that sure. was, that's what we all want is, sure. is content that's compelling. And so if you're afraid of losing something, make something that's going to fill that gap for your audience. Yeah. And I think I, I, I actually think you, you hit it right there on the head while I was dealing with an external or, <laughs> or existential crisis. Um, Jesus. I mean, what am I doing? You know, anyway, uh, they need to they need to fill that hole with content. And so, yeah, I'm losing Diablo. I'm losing theoretically, you know, Fallout and Elder Scrolls, and I'm I'm losing RPGs in a big bad way. You know, you're you're seeing them, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, do the games of service thing, and who knows what may happen. Like, you know, Bertos Maximus, uh, you know, writes in. They're like, do you think Sony can create a Call of Duty killer? And if you think they can, what do you think it will be revolved around? Um, you know, for me, Bertos, I, you know, I think I said it a few weeks back and I'll reiterate it here. I think PlayStation would find way better success in a field that A, isn't there yet. So go out there and create it or B, uh, uh, a game type that hasn't been milked yet. Like the battle royale or even like the, you know, the arena-esque shooters that like or arcade shooters, whatever we're calling them, uh, that like Call of Duty's in. Right, because like we see, we see the same trouble with like Halo in terms of like arena shooters. How how hard it is to retain folks by having mm-hmm. those type of games there. So like to me, I think Factions is probably has the best chance right now because if it's anything that we've heard, it is a you know Tarkov esque experience, and we have not had a lot of those in this industry. You know blow up in the ways of like Fortnite was with battle royale so to me it's by creating something that isn't necessarily quote unquote the killer of x y or z but what you said there as well is listen it's about competing playstation now has to look at their portfolio going we're missing stuff and how do you fill that gap who yet again um you go out there and you do the same you do what, I mean, not even the same. You do what you have been doing for your 20 plus years now. XDev is beautiful. You're working with all these developers and you could take a project and go, oh, that's great. Go make us another one of those. Or, hey, this partnership's doing really well, Housemark. Let's just put a ring on it. Or, you know, you get some that are the order 1886 and you're like, this didn't do well. We could kind of cut our, our losses and run. So, you know, you can find partners and create original content which we know playstation's really great at and make something special and unique it doesn't have to necessarily be a diablo-esque experience but if there's anybody that i know that could do like an asymmetric thing it's 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 housemark right like you could go out there and you can find a a a developer that is eager that wants to tackle a triple a rpg like ballistic moon is apparently doing so like they see the writing on the wall that soon they won't have these special things. So they need to go out there and make those special things or even acquire them from outside people. It's just simple as that. So exactly leverage those relationships, fill some gap. Play PlayStation does two things incredibly well, put out high quality games and leverage partnerships aggressively. So I don't think that's going to change. They're going to have slightly less options as Microsoft tries to close that gap. But I mean, hey, Microsoft is trying to close that gap and that's the reality. And so 
you can't really kick and scream about exclusives being unfair when you've built an entire brand identity around that those principles. Yeah. So, and I I kind of th- like to me I'm just like kind of take a pride in that they spent like over seventy billion dollars to catch up to you, bud. You know, yeah, that's how I think yeah, about it. They're taking they're looking at PlayStation, Nintendo, and saying, "All right, we gotta we gotta escalate things here." All right, and we need legacy. Are, we need more than yeah. like the, how how long have we been saying you know it's Chief Phoenix and Forza Car. You know, like they're trying to do something bigger and 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 better. And again, it's the uncomfortable okayness I am of them going out there and buying publishers. I'd rather them go out there and buy some awesome double A studios and infuse them with cash. But there's no denying that doom guy puts butts in seats. And when you have the IP that makes you extremely, extremely attractive to these uh, corporations, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that's brand power, baby. That's what it's all about. So no, we love reboots, remakes all, all damn day, (laughs) all damn day. So no, our, our, arcane Redfall. Listen, arcane. We love you. We'll keep playing you somewhere else. Probably on my PC and Redfall as well. I love you. I'll see you in two months. You know, it's yep, okay. Let's go. Things are going to be all right. Things are going to be a okay. But you know what's not the uncomfortable future about AI. This story comes from Jenny Zhang over at GameSpot. Ubisoft is using an AI tool for writing in its games. Ubisoft has developed an AI tool to help narrative designers write Barks, according to video game presentation, barks are lines spoken by NPCs after a trigger, such as a change in the environment or character interaction that help bring the game worlds to life. Ubisoft's Ghost Rider AI tool aims to lessen the tedium of writing these quibs by providing the narrative team with the first draft of barks. How Ghost Rider works is it writes a... It writes creates a character then an input or an event or situation for the character to experience the tool then generates different variations of a bark depending on the mode selected writers then can edit further ghost rider can can also learn from each selected line that the writer accepts quote Ghost Rider was created hand in hand with narrative teams to help them compete a re- Repetitive task more quickly and efficiently, giving them more time and freedom to work on games, narrative, characters, and cutscene, Ubisoft says in its Ghost Rider introduction video. Now, ChatGP and other AI tools have caused controversial buzz recently with uncertainty on how these tools will shape game development and perhaps life in general in the coming years. Ubisoft isn't alone in looking in AI tools. Roblox also announced AI tools that like a material generator and a code asset feature at Games Developer Conference, meant to make it easier for Roblox developers to create games. Squanch Games also use Midjourney for High on Life's set decorations. Um, this any AI talk makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't like any of this. This is getting concerning to me. See, they what what. The co- First off, of course, Ubisoft, of all people, would do this. Sure. And I'm not trying to be harsh on the people. There's a lot of talented people, and I'm not trying to diminish their work. But Ubisoft has a fundamental problem with bloating their games, filling their games with ar- arbitrary 
content for the sake of content with no purpose or weight or meaning to it. They just want to say their games are 50 to 100 hours long every single time. And something okay. like this, yeah, this would empower you to do that much, much faster, much easier. To that, I say, we don't need every single game to be 50 to 100 hours, all right? Yeah. I don't want some AI-generated things where an NPC says, wow, did, that was a cool explosion. Did you see that? Oh, dang, that's a cool gun you have. Like, we don't... While I understand fundamentally that all of these teams are looking for ways to make their lives easier, we we use AI without even realizing it. Yeah. I use AI when I'm using Premiere, when I'm doing like noise cancellation for audio. That's technically AI. That's technically mm -hmm. AI, and there are things that streamline the process. But when I look at this, what this is going to do is eliminate a lot of writing positions. So you have one supervising writer who works with the robots to make sure that there is a script that's cohesive. And, and then that, you have at the end of the day, is that even art? So exactly. It's... So at the end of the day, my biggest concern and gripe with AI is the fact that, yes, it can be a powerful tool to help day-to-day -day life and day-to-day -day work and tedium be reduced. And yeah, if that's awesome. That means, you know, people will have greater opportunities to create and innovate, blah, blah, blah. But history has shown that these technical <laughs> advancements almost never benefit the average person. It just means less jobs for the average person and more money for the people pushing these incentives. So that's why I don't look at this and get excited. I don't think this is going to make video games better. It's going to make video games bigger and faster, probably. But I don't think fundamentally this tool sounds like it would make any video game better. Now, this is something that I'm actively worried about because you're, you're right. And we kind of come from the same ilk when we think about these things as well because it's like, yeah, this kind of just means there's going to be less writers on that team so Ubisoft doesn't hire, have to hire them. Like I've seen some people try to brag, oh, this game was made purely out of like AI. Or I, I saw that like a few weeks back and I'm like, I don't want to buy that game. And I'm, I'm so adamant on like the day where it's like, we, I made this game solely out of AI. I'm like, I'm not touching it. I'm like video games are beautiful because people go out there and create these worlds. And if we're just going, um, you know, Hey Bing, create me a Fortnite, <laughs> and it just creates Fortnite. It's like, it, it, it eliminates that creative thought. It, it eliminates that, that creative spark. Uh, games just become colored by numbers more and more. So I do think while there are spaces for AI, I am getting more concerned when I see, you know, I think was it like PC Gamer, I believe someone out there is already starting to use AI writers to write stories. Like that is the thing that concerns me. Not so much of like, hey, this this randomly generated like tree builder, you know, that you can go out there and, and just throw a whole bunch of foliage in your game and you don't have to waste that that time and energy there. But when I see literal Ghost Rider AI being made, I just want to point that out to my fans or our fans because that, that, that concerns me. And we've already seen so many of our folks, our friends, um, you know, being ousted from, from, from their, from their jobs because of AI. Right. And we're seeing when, with the games media, it seems like almost a bi-monthly thing of just people being ousted from their jobs because it's, there's unrealistic quotas or goals that they have to hit that they're unable to. It's just and a scary. We, we talked now. about this already is like the, a lot of these companies, are, they want to make money. And if they can save a save a buck by just firing people and replacing them with AI, they're going to do it. Yep. They will. Yep. And that's, that's the hard truth. Whether 
however you want to spin it and however you want to justify it to yourself, the reality is this will mean less human jobs. That's yeah. just that is fundamentally what will happen. I would bet you five million dollars that I don't have that in 10 years, <laughs> if this trajectory increases, that yeah. there's going to be huge sections of the workforce that don't exist anymore. And guess what? Th there won't be jobs to fill them because everything's being yeah. automated. So what do you do? How like I look at the future and I'd say, man, it's got to be bleak to be like in 10 in years where I'm 42. Say, like, What's my career going to be What's like an AI like? technician? Like I can write AI code. Yeah. And another thing about artificial intelligence, one side rant. Tell me about it. Artificial intelligence implies intelligence. Right now, artificial intelligence is theft. It is fundamentally theft. All it does is aggregate data that's been presented by human beings yeah. and regurgitate it. It scours the web really, really fast and regurgitates things. And when we look at AI-generated art, it's stealing art that's already been created that fits certain parameters and regurgitates it, combines it, and regurgitates it to the world. So it's not smart. It's just... It's just a magnet picking up things. Yeah, it, it knows how to steal really, really fast. Yeah. Is basically what it is. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's depressing. It's scary. I just want everybody to kind of be aware of this. Because, you know, I saw one person go, you know, the death of games media is the fact that everything relies so heavily on SEO. And when you talk about AI, just being things that, yeah, it, it, what is it at the end of the day? It's just one big SEO spider just picking up things that are going to make sure you get the most hits or the most likes on this one piece of art it's it ain't right man i don't like it i don't like I don't, gosh thing, so but. again there's potential for it to help us and i think mm -hmm. that is interesting but i don't trust companies to make it worthwhile for the average person absolutely so, and it's not fair to say well just be an executive because yeah. there's no world where we're all executives you know what I'm miles sorry. let's just burn it to the ground you know Yes. In 10 years yeah, of 40, brother. let's just get the pitchforks out. You know, I got 45 Molotovs in my back room here. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the revolution. Okay. You don't get it. Miles, <laughs> look in the mirror for a second. Okay. <laughs> You're a straight white dude. You can't just say that anymore. All right. <laughs> he does not FBI, man. He does not. Uh, he is a, he was, where were you January 6th, Miles? <laughs> anyway, Flash News, can't talk about that. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores uh, TLC pre-orders are live right now. You could go out there, pre-order Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, also, Flash News, gotta run fast, gotta run fast. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh. Uh, still no gameplay trailer, though. Still no gameplay trailer for... What's up with that? I don't know. It's coming out a couple weeks In now. Or actually, about a month, about a month, but still... <sighs> Honestly, you think they're doing a state of play for it, or are they just dropping it? I think they're just dropping it. To me, I I feel like they're going to drop something on the blog, unfortunately, right? And you're going to probably you're going to probably see something by next week because I think because it, it's GDC week uh, and news is slow on purpose because all the marketing teams are out at GDC trying to recruit and stuff. So yeah, you know that's why. We're talking about Ghost Rider over here. Um, so I think they're going to prepare a trailer or have one uh, prepared by sometime next week and going to show you, hey, here's the you know, cool new weapon or cool new enemy that you're going to be fighting uh, come you know, April 19th. Now, only 20 bucks, which makes me think, okay, maybe this isn't the longest DLC in the world. Maybe it's like two, three hours. But honestly, for 20 bucks, 
I'll go fight more Robo Dinos. Absolutely. Now, lastly, here on Flash News, players who pre-ordered Burning Shores DLC will receive two free items during their playthrough: the Black Tide outfit and the Black Tide. Uh, Spark shot bow. Goodness gracious, I can't speak tonight. All right. Next uh, beat in Flash News. Here's a bummer one. Another bummer. I'm sorry, Miles. I'm bringing you on for the bummer Just a talks. Bummer. Dang. Uh, all right. All right. Here we go. EA Slate of Battlefield 1942 Bad Company and Bad Company 2, one of the best uh, Battlefield games. Hands all down. three. What's that? Hands down. Oh, hands best. down. Yeah. Well, I thought you were like, no, it's not. I'm like, are you kidding me? Skewed? No, I, I, I agree. Calm okay. down, calm down. Uh, which will be permanently unavailable on 28th of April, 2023. Now, Mirror's Edge was part of that list, but they said no. No, no, no. Sorry, that was a mistake on our end. Oopsie. So Mirror, Mirror's Edge is safe for now, but still a bummer for all those games and all those communities. That being said, though, Miles... I know you've talked about Molotovs, which he doesn't have, FBI man. And I'm not necessarily saying go out there and pirate these games. But it seems like EA doesn't care if you did. <laughs> um, and I know a lot. Like, I know some cool communities that have literally rebuilt games from the dead, like City of Heroes. Like, I know some people that literally run the server that keep that game alive. So... I know people are going to keep these games alive. It just sucks that uh, EA won't fit the bill for it. Bummer. Yeah, like I said, it's these servers I can't imagine cost that much to run. I just really can't. But because they're not making X dollars per month, they're saying, all right, we're shutting them off. Yeah. And that's, you know, as we move towards the all-digital future, that's something we're going to have to deal with more and more (laughs) is when companies are like, hey, we're not making money on this anymore, so I don't care that you bought it. Yeah. I'm like, Sorry. Now, here's a question M9 Prime writes, and realistically, we cannot assume servers for games will last indefinitely since the cost of money to maintain, something you just spoke on. However, why do you think these companies don't make a patch that allows private servers so people passionate about that game shutting down can keep playing? Even though a game is delisted in an online store, there will be some used copies in the wild, so it would be a nice gesture of goodwill if they allow diehard fans to keep playing playing um you want to tackle this one or would you like me to tackle it yeah this is exactly what knockout city did they said hey we can't continue to pay for the servers but we are going to make it so the client supports private servers via a a native update so you can just download this update and you can the game can live on via the community and it at the very least on pc i i don't think we can expect this via console for older stuff but on pc at the very least you could put out a native update that gives you private server support i think would be a good middle ground to say all right well we still support it technically but um but yeah it's it's a bummer you would have to find people that could code for that game to do that and those people are probably not with the company anymore or are somewhere true yeah somewhere in in you know, somewhere out there. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that's probably the reason why they don't do it. It's going to cost money for them to even just hire a person to do that. So they won't do it. I bet someone out of the kindness of their heart will make a free client for one of these games. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's a bummer. It ain't going to be EA. That's for sure. <laughs> it ain't going to be, uh, what's it? Zaus is his name. I forget the EA's name. Strelnik? Yeah. Strelnik? Yeah. 
uh, EA, 2K, they're all the same. They wear the same suit. Anyway, Final Fantasy sixteen uh, reignites the exhausting debate about game uh, video games squeezing through holes. This comes from Dustin Bailey over at Game Rant. A brief Final Fantasy sixteen clip has revealed that the game features tight spaces to squeeze through. These squeeze space holes reignited the most exhausting debates in gaming. Oh no, we do talk about the ABK deal a lot. Anyway, the clip was posted by the Japanese Final Fantasy sixteen Twitter account, which is meant to show how the uh, how your canine campaign Torgal can help you guide guide you through points of interest in the world. In this game case, Torgal uh, points in a crack in the wall, which leads to a secret area. All right, dot dot dot. Everybody goes, oh, that's a hitting loading screen. Okay. Okay. Fine. It's two seconds. I think we're all gonna. I think we're gonna live. I think this is another example, Miles, of us buying into way too much marketing bullshit. If I can just because be what frank. about the P- what about the PS5 SSD? Joe? That's right. What about the, what? the Xbox was supposed to power my dreams? They said Final Fantasy 16 couldn't even exist on mm-hmm. any other platform in the galaxy because of the SSD. I remember that person on the Xbox Edge said, "Hey, no more elevators," and I'm still putting stepping in elevators in Dead Space. So what's with the loading crack in the wall and God of War Ragnarok and Final Fantasy 16? Because you got to port it to the PS4, or in Final Fantasy 16's case, you got to future-proof it when you port it to the PC. That's all and they're again, doing. It's, yes, we all <sighs> succumb to the marketing hype, and we all fall victim of it, and then, you know, you have people mad. You yeah. know, Jim Ryan's, we believe in generations. Like, like it's just marketing. They're trying, to, right. trying to sell you something. And yeah. marketing, you want marketing to sound sexy, but it doesn't have to be... 100% factually accurate. <laughs> it's, it needs to be ethereal. It needs to be spicy. It needs to be biting. And when you have someone who talks about like, hey, I need you to go on an interview and talk about, you know, the PlayStation and what it's like developing for it. And they're like, yeah, Quick we can resume. talk about the SSD. Yeah. SSD is good. It's fast. It's it's cool. Yeah. And, and so that's what this is. And that's why people are taking this clip and getting all riled up because of... <sighs> Some people bought into the marketing and went on Twitter and were loud about the PlayStation 5 SSD. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, well, where is it now? Huh? What? This isn't This isn't next gen quote air quote. I was promised no caves. <laughs> I was what promised. Sc- I was promised. No, I wouldn't even tell. I wouldn't even have a load screen in front of my eyes. <laughs> You're still trying to. Jim Ryan me? lied. Jim Ryan lied. Jim Ryan lied and people died. <laughs> so. I it really I is, don't care. I don't. I don't. I just want to call it out for the silliness that is. And uh, honest to goodness, the only bit of marketing that was ever truly on the money, one hundred percent correct, is smart delivery. Smart delivery. All oh, right, yeah. marketing team, yeah. you done did it. That bravo. The rest is hokum. You know, but that uh, that's some that's some good shit over there. So yeah. That's it. I didn't want to bleep it because we it's 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 earned the cusp. <laughs> All right. So you know, Final Fantasy sixteen, one out of ten, bad game, bad. Only yeah, kidding. I'm a review. I'm review bombing it already. I, I already know. Have, so. I already have my. I already have my Metacritic uh, zero out of ten. It's gonna yep, be great. I'm ready. Yeah. Jim Ryan lied. Is the That's quote right. too? That's right. And Yoshi P. It goes all the way to the top. Okay. Here's the deal. I, I just want I, I just want to talk about this. It's been eating at me this whole night. It's the only thing that's been on my mind since I put my controller down. Diablo 4 Beta BB. 
Mm. We got to play it, brother. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Dustin writes in. All right. How are you feeling on the Diablo 4 beta? Are you still as hyped for the full release or uh, sorry? So you think the beta helped or versus dampened the fire for the full release? What class are you most uh, stoked to play? Hugs and kisses. So introducing my favorite segment of the night. Quick play. Now, usually we have a minute on the clock to talk about a game that we've been playing, but gosh darn it, I've been playing Diablo 4. Maj, you've been playing Diablo 4. Quick, what's your quick pitch for Diablo 4's open beta? Did you buy the KFC double down? Did you double down on Diablo 4, sir? Uh, the KFC, w down, uh, KFC double down is yeah. one of the worst sandwiches ever. And it's not I a had sandwich. Them, I had the WWE claim my entire podcast because I slandered the, the double down. So Really? Well, I, well, it's actually because I used a 12-year-old KFC double down commercial um, in the background that I ripped from YouTube. It was already on someone else's channel yeah. on YouTube, but they came after me. Oh, wow. They came after me. So WWE, I'm about to smack you down, son. All right? <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon over there. <laughs> I think I don't want to. I don't think you should fight that man. Uh, that no, man has no. killed. I think he's li- literally killed. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that slander aside, Diablo Four. Excited. Went into it. It's one of my most anticipated games of the year. Diablo Two. One of my most played games of all time. One of my favorite games of all time. This is a, a callback to that in so many ways. They're blowing it up, but they're making it more of an MMO. I will say I. I played the sorcerer, which was fine. Okay. I played the rogue, which I didn't really like all oh, that much. Oh, really? Okay. I'm my two classes that I were going to pick were druid and necromancer. So for the first weekend, not to have either of those, little Bummer. bummed, little Bummer. little bummed. So I'm hoping next weekend I get more amped up. Still had a great time. Love the world. Love the art style. Love the gameplay. It's very much comfortable, classic Diablo in all the ways you know and love, with some more kind of like expanded. Ele- multiplayer elements. So you yeah. see characters running around. There's the raid bosses in the open world. It's very and- much taking elements from World of Warcraft. Like yes. the the world events are what, like right out of the game, right out of WoW into this, uh, mm-hmm. which I died to all the time. The 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 big behemoth that you fight, I forget what it's called. Yeah, I I tried at level 17. Not a smart mo- move. Um, and died. We did not defeat him. He defeated us. But, like, there's a lot of, like, instancing that they do when you go into new areas that WoW also does. And to kind of, I'm sorry I cut you off here, but it, it, it kind of takes elements from from games prior, from outside the franchise, and kind of imbues Diablo with some of those aspects. Yes. So it does kind of feel akin to, like, a Destiny meets WoW. Because, yeah, you do run into some players, but you don't run into, like, it's not like you're walking into Stormwind and you see all these people here. You know what I mean? It's like you're seeing one or two run around the world, and sometimes there's a world event that you go to, and you see another person fighting, and and so you're helping them. But, like, it does a really good job of also instancing to dungeons that you can do. And it rewards you in that way of, like, you're exploring this land, and then all of a sudden you're like, what's this keep all about? And you enter yeah. this keep, and then all of a sudden you're fighting a whole bunch of vampires that just live in this keep. They're just chilling out there. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'm sorry, vampires. Nothing against you, but I got to kill you all. 
Yeah. Uh, there's loot in here, dude, so <laughs> you got to go. I got Miles Molotovs right here. I'm going to toss them, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, you know, for me, I played the Sorcerer. I dug it a lot. I liked the Emperor Palpatine. I'm shooting lasers from my, or, or sorry, lightning from my fingertips uh, quite a bit. I tried the Ice Mage as well. Does really good AOE damage. Yeah, I went full frost yeah. all, all down the frost streak. Even there, there are some abilities that they legitimately ape WoW in. But, again, like the frost armor and stuff like that. But they're really nice additions. Um, I've heard people say this game looks like Diablo 2 in, in the ways of... It's grotesque, it's brutal, it's dark, but it plays more like uh, Diablo 3 in, in its accessibility and how it onboards people a bit better than Diablo 2 did. That said, though, this thing is dense. Like, the trees that... The abilities that people are going to, to, to play with, you know, the different type of builds that people are going to play with, it's going to be immense, man. Like... You playing this game alone versus playing with people versus playing your mage versus your friend's mage. There's going to be a whole lot of mix and matching that I just can't wait for people to break down the science of. But I'm in love with Diablo 4, man. Yeah, um, so you touched on the beauty yeah. of Diablo 4. It, it celebrates the legacy of Blizzard. So it it's Diablo 2 terms of style and tone diablo 3 in terms of convenience but then it also harkens back to diablo 2's rpg roots so there is more customization you can specialize which is something that was lost with diablo 3 that a lot of people complained about and then like you said they inject world of warcraft in those components so my biggest criticism right now is diablo 4 doesn't do anything new per se sure. in in the video game space but it also for me didn't really need to do anything groundbreaking um it's just kind of elevates everything that was there in the past. And I think for fans of Diablo, that's kind of what everyone has been wanting. So I think for like, as a fan, you are going to love it. If you are not a fan of Diablo, if you haven't enjoyed the other games, it's not going to do anything new. That's going to make you say, yes, I'm a fan of Diablo now, but um, for fans, it's it, it checks all the boxes. So far. yeah, you know, I was actually talking to Logan after the podcast, actually while we were playing Diablo, uh, this this weekend of just like you know smart iteration and and iterating for the sake of iterating like some 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 sequels feel the need to iterate because they are afraid of that critique of like it feeling more of the same but you're right this is more diablo and in fact it embraces its rpg dna much more and it's really something that i think is a not to say a love letter, but something that I hope the fans are digging in the Diablo forums. But it is the internet, so like, you know, who knows? People are going to be mad. Be you know, they changed something. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, if you're a fan of Diablo, this is shaping up to be the game you wanted. And I think that's why we saw so much buzz and glowing praise after that first beta weekend is because yeah. it's it's here. After all it's these here. years, it's the, the Diablo 2 sequel that we've wanted is is finally here. Can't wait. Can't wait. I will be checking out the Necromancer this weekend coming. And then I'll be putting the game down and I'll be waiting patiently for June. I, I cannot wait, dude. Yeah, boy. It is It is currently. <laughs> I, love, I, I love the sound effects you've been doing tonight. Uh, like, to me, I, I this is my game of the year so far. It's going to be, as much as we talk a big game about Spider-Man and, 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 and Starfield, 
this to me, I feel like is going to be the game to beat because it's shaping up real nicely as a huge blizzard fan and me wanting them to, you know, get that W for a while now. And me feeling like I fell out of love with the games they've made. Um, I'm reminded of how much I, I loved them. So hopefully this game's great. Hopefully it's made without all that toxic stuff surrounding it. But that said, Diablo four, we loved it. And now it is time. Uh, Miles, are you holding on to something? Oh, you're, you're, you're risking it for the biscuit. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront. March 21st, Ape Academy 2 on PS5, PS4, Deceive Inc. on PS5, Postal 4, no regrets. Guess what? If you bought that game, you probably have some regrets because that's currently, I think, the lowest rated game this year. Ooh-wee. Ridge Racer, Type 4 on PS5, PS4, Siphon Filter, Dark Mirror on PS5, PS4. That has trophy support to Chia on PS5, PS4. Hearing some really good things. Kyle's going to be talking about it next week. On the show, his review, his impressions of uh, The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Tourist Edition on PSVR 2, and Saints and Sinners Chapter 2, Retribution on PSVR 2. We got a code in the, uh, for this a few days ago. I will be playing this game. I'll be telling you all my thoughts about it next week. But so far, so very good. This seems like this is probably one of the best VR games on the headset right now, so... Get hyped. Uh, March 22nd. And also, don't share the, the comparisons between Quest and PSVR 2. Be better, okay? Come on. That's like going, oh, Toyota's great, but like this Mercedes Benz, though. Like, <laughs> we can't compare. We can't compare. Uh, the 22nd of March, we got The Last Labyrinth on PS5. On the 23rd of March, Omen of Sorrow on PS5. March 24th, Aurelia Riza. Three, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key. Nailed PS5, it. Five PS4. Thanks. Fuck me, right? Resident Evil 4 Remake on PS5, PS4. Oh my God, Miles, right? Are have you been ready? playing it? I have not been. No, no, no. I have not gotten a code. I've not been lucky enough. I've not been graced mm. by it yet. Good? Mm. Oh, oh, baby. Oh, Leon's back and he's beefier than ever before <laughs> i played the demo i really really loved it and this is not like coming from someone that doesn't have you know the nostalgia for four because i didn't get to play it as a youth um <laughs> because 10 years i'll be 40 but th this game is uh this game looks to be something special is that is that love letter to the to the original so mm-hmm the Crown of Woo on PS5 and PS4. So those are all the games. And also, not to mention, but the PlayStation Plus games, you can play them all. I'm not going to rattle off that list because I'm parched and I'm losing my voice. That said, it's time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeehaw! That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. All right, Sony Ponies, we got two pieces of mail. First and foremost, thank you all for sending your questions and making it so that I'm just putting it in all sorts of segments during the show. I love when that happens because it makes notes so much easier, makes the show more interactive. You know, it's yeah. nice. It's nice. The good sir writes in just like you can too. 
If you head on over to our Trophy Room Discord, join the hundreds that are there, just chilling, just vibing, just talking about all things PlayStation and video games. It's a swell time over there. It's great. The good sir writes, not a question, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the 6-1 Indie Mini Showcase that premiered today, uh, March 22nd, 2023. I'm so proud of what Kyle and Mike have done. Uh, the rest of the 6-1 Indie crew have done and encourage you all to check it out. If you haven't yet, it's a banger. Good sir, you know what? I'll allow it this once. And the Green <laughs> Gorilla Gamer writes, I thought of in honor of the eShop closing and the Wii U stores, uh, sir, and on the Wii U, the 3DS on the 27th, what is your favorite game from the two platforms? I just bought myself a Wii U for the first time ever, and I'm dropping some big bucks on nearly every Zelda game. And a bunch more, but my personal favorite right now is, sorry, what is this? T-L-O-Z. Which, which one's that one, Moss? The, the Legend of Zelda. Oh, I thought it was like the, like okay, fake fan. Sorry, Majora's Mask. <laughs> I thought this was like a separate one. Like I thought he forgot a comma. I'm like what's this all about? You're a big Nintendo dork. That's what I thought. Sorry, it's been a very long time since I've played it, and excited to jump back in. But the rest of the Zelda games this year are for the first time. I've only ever played that and Breath of the Wild a bit on the Switch. Which, by the way, it's just all right. I know <laughs> it's all right. Breath of the Wild, it's all right. Wow. Um, what's funny knees. is right before I joined this show, Jeff Grubb and I did a ranking of every single Zelda game. So we went uh -huh. down the gauntlet of all 50 Zelda games. So if you Jesus. are taking this journey, check that out. That'll, okay. that'll guide you on the right path. And Breath of the Wild, by the way, is more than just all right. Okay. Is it your Same favorite one? No, it's not my favorite one. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, I would say if you're looking at buying some stuff on the Wii U 3DS, some standouts on 3DS, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, one of the best Zelda games, period. So good. Buy it before it's gone because it will just be locked to that system forever, which sucks because it's such a good Zelda game. Um, another one that everyone sleeps on, Ever Oasis. It's a game nobody played, but it's such a beautiful creative game by some of the team who did uh the legend of zelda majora's mask 3d oh. the developer grezzo did ever oasis okay. amazing game wii u uh monster hunter 3 ultimate baby mm, such such an absolute banger my most played wii u game by far we're using the b word way too liberally here. we need to comment i down. thought that's what you do on a playstation show i don't no. know i'm just trying to be oh okay uh-uh no 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 okay. we don't we're more civilized here okay so let's let's talk about Nintendo Wii U for a second. Let's talk about the best game on that system. Um, it's not Mario Maker, okay? It's not Super Smash Brothers. It's not Bayonetta Two. It's not Xenoblade Chronicles X or Pikmin Three or any of these games that I typed in best Wii U games on Google to get a <laughs> you know get a feel for. Okay, it's not Donkey Kong Country. And first off, Donkey Kong. Is all right. We need to just be okay with that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to ask you to curb the slander a little bit. Donkey Kong Country 2, one of the greatest games of all time. Period. Period. Listen. Better than any PlayStation platformer. Oh, okay. On a PlayStation show. All right. You relax. What did the people <laughs> on Twitter yell at you about earlier, huh? Remember that. Remember that. Know your place. I only take slander so much. 
It's Splatoon. Uh, came out 2015. Is the best Wii U game by far. Splatoon's by far. a bop. It's a bop. Dude, Splatoon is so good. Everybody knows how much I love Splatoon. I got the little squid inkling hat uh, in, in one of the drawers. I, from the original, I love Splatoon so much. The first game means a whole lot. It is literally one of the only Wii U games that I bought and I was excited for. Like, that was like, in the long drought that was the Wii U, that was the one game and I loved it. So, Splatoon. Bam. Right there. Uh, best 3DS games. Now, I'm looking at all these games. There's so many. First off, shout out to the 3DS because that library is nuts. Dude, it's in hindsight, it's wild to think how many great, great games are on 3DS. Dude, Metro Prime Returns is there. You know, like there is yeah. there is a lot of stuff here. I mean, Mario Kart 7 is a fantastic Mario Kart. Not just like on mobile, but just fantastic. Like Majora's Mask is a fantastic, uh, was a remaster remake on 3DS alongside uh, Ocarina of Time, which both of those games are the GOAT Zelda. Like you can flip them around. You can put them, which one, one or two. I won't be mad at you. To me, it's Majora's <laughs> Mask because it's the yeah, first Yeah, that's Zelda. why I love you. Majora's Mask, I like more than Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Come on. It's it's the it's the Zelda for goths, all right? Exactly. Like, yeah, and before, that means something. Right before Lincoln Park. This was like, you know, because you got the people holding up the world, you know? Like it's a tool video or whatever. Yeah, a whole bunch dude. of crazy shits there in there, man. Get wild. But no, the, the listen, we talk about best platformers ever made. First off, shout out to Animal Crossing New Leaf cuz shout out to you know, Oh, yes, shout huge shout out. Yeah. The Rest in Peace Nintendo Guru. Um that's his game. But it's Super Mario 3D Land. It's one of the best platformers oh, ever made, dude. That, that game, game is, is good. so good. Yeah. All right. Love. Okay. And now you ready for some blasphemy? Uh-oh. That game's better than Mario Odyssey. <laughs> okay. Now you took it one step way too far. It's not even close way to me, man. Far. It's not even close. Uh, Luigi's Mansion series. Again, here's the thing. There's a lot. Like, Nintendo... Look at they don't even have a Call of Duty on this list, but they're consistently making bops. It's like it's possible, you know, it could be done. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of goodness here. Uh, now there is one last question from Yuna, but I'm going to hold that off for our Patreon show, where it's just going to be me yet again this week, vamping to y'all. A lot of people like that. Thank you. Uh, you know. Means a lot. But with that said, that's been the trophy room this week. Miles, I want to say first and foremost, thank you for coming on this show on A, such short notice, and B, coming out to what has been, and I'm not joking with you, Miles, one of the slowest news weeks <laughs> that we've had here on the show and making making a, a, a diamond out of coal, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great talking to you, man. Where yeah, can you people reach- find you, sir? Yeah, when you reached out, yeah, it, if I'm free, I'll, I'll be here. All right, I had the, the the Zelda tier list going. And I was like, as soon as that's done, I'm I'm here. And literally yeah. ten minutes after that wrap, I was in the seat ready to get down on the place or uh, the trophy room of PlayStation. There you go. Podcast. There you go. Get it right. Ooh, Gosh, fumble dang it. it. You know, I tried. You know, I tried myself in getting it right, but you know, it's 
It happens. Listen, if you yeah. want, if, if you want to get a hold of me, you can yeah. find me on Twitter at Miles Dompierre. You can find me on YouTube.com slash Miles Dompierre. And that's pretty much it. Those are mostly the places. Oh, I also I do some work for IGN as well. So you might you hear go. my voice over on some videos on go. IGN. Uh, you might see some of the stuff I write over on Windows Central as well. Ooh, we. Yes, Miles, you have an open invitation any gosh dang day you want. Come on by. That said, though. Do you do you think it should be Trophy Room PS at the end of our tags? Because I feel like that's why people say PlayStation Trophy Room. It's because when they yeah. look at Twitter, it says PS Trophy Room. Yeah, and maybe it's it that. Be- I don't know. I don't know why. Instinctively, that's just where I, I jump to. And I don't know. I can't I think articulate the, why. I think it's the handle. But like Might to be. me, when I say Trophy Room PS, it looks weird. It looks really weird. In my head, it looks odd. Do you think it looks odd? You could just commit to it and say, Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. Spell it all out. That's way too long of a handle. That's not going to look Just let it, let it ride, baby. Come you on. know, and also, like, here's the thing. I think the deed's already done because on YouTube, it's YouTube.com slash at PS Trophy Room. I've, nope. said it's, I've said it hundreds of times, too. <laughs> so it's like people are gonna get confused. It's Yeah, we're too, we're too deep. We're just going to, we're just rolling yeah, with it's, it. You know what? At this point, it's like, might as well. We're headed straight to that canyon anyway. It gets the conversation started, which automatically yeah. is going to make it stick in someone's head, okay? That's right. Yeah. That's marketing, baby. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Maybe we put up a Twitter poll. I don't know. I'm indecisive, okay? Ever since I said 10 years, I'm 40, it's been really wild in my <laughs> brain. It's a downward spiral in there, it's man. It's just a, a monkey with a, what's it, the little toy monkey with the, like, the, the, the chimes? Symbols. The symbols? Yeah, shh, shh. But it's broken and it's old because it's from the 80s. All right, Miles, thank you once again for coming on. Of course, you can uh, tune into this show wherever you find your podcast service of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. And if we're not on one of those, you let us know. We're going to fix it ASAP because that's our bread and butter. You can also find the video version over at the Trophy Room Show over there. And please rate us five stars on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you are entered to win Jedi Survivor on PlayStation 5. Or you know what? I'll be even crazy. It could be whatever platform. Okay? Oh, there we go. Whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Let's get nuts. All right? So with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep... <laughs> I messed it up because I wanted to say, you know, find me at Mr. Babbitt. It's fine. You know what? Listen, we're a minute out, you know? Why not get crazy right here? Wish Kyle uh, his best wishes over at PAX. And next week, he's back. Ooh-wee. I can't wait to talk to him. Miles, I talked to him on the phone literally a couple hours ago because I had some news. And I'm like, I miss you, bud. And he's like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's been nice. It's been nice to he's be like, away. Yeah, he, he's actually he's like, this is a nice vacation. I'm like, he's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm like, you're home. What do you mean vacation? He's like, from you. I'm like, what, yeah. what, what do you mean from? He's like, you know. No, I actually said Ted Lasso is a really good show and you better watch it before you come back on the show or you're not invited. I said that to him. I said his co-hosting credentials are on the line. He needs to go watch. You Ted hit him Lasso. with an ultimatum. He hasn't watched Ted Lasso yet. And. It's imperative. It's a serotonin you need to survive in this harsh world. That said, with all that out of the way, everybody can find me over at Mr. Badbit, over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And with all that said, with all that out of the way, keep your wits about you, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation. See y'all.
Bye-bye. I love you.